What foods do you crave more than anything during Ramadan? Bakore. Uh, cereal. Samosa. Chocolate. Uh, smoothies. Fruit shot. When I forgot to say wings. Ooh, wings. I'm always craving. Actually, I'm craving wings on the daily. Yeah, I'm but, craving wings right now. But during the fast, it gets, it gets yeah. real. Sometimes when you start seeing food, you're just like, the foods that you don't even normally eat, you're like, okay, I'm going to eat that for uh, iftar. I'm going to eat that. I'm going to eat that. And then when the time actually comes... You, you don't eat, eat you it. You eat like fruit and tupacar. You're like, I'm full. Yeah. Yeah. But, but fruit shot is like the best part. I don't know why it's so refreshing in Ramadan. That's honestly, fruit is the best thing that you can have because it's like healthy, mm-hmm. nutritious. You get your sugars in. Yeah. And yeah, like it's it's refreshing. Mm-hmm. Except those aunties that put too much like masala. masala. Oh no. And I don't really like chickpeas in there. And the and the fruit chai. Yeah. Or the kidney beans. Have you seen that? Yeah. Kidney beans in there. Sometimes oh, no. there's a lot of people that ruin it, but um. Just overall, keep it simple. Cut keep, up the fruit and just keep it. Oh, simple. oh, the ones that just put like just just fruit. Oh my god. Is the best. That's that's the, the most. And then sometimes when they put a watermelon in it. Oh, so good so refreshing um welcome everybody to a ramadan special edition of strange flavors this is brought to you by alif theory my name is faras my name is amber and you can send us an email okay listen you can email us and send us your music at strange flavors podcast at gmail.com and please be sure to like and subscribe on the podcast app on soundcloud soundcloud that's what it's called right the way that you make fun of shamir is the way that you're talking right now i know that voice that you're like please subscribe to us on this app but you know what they could do? They could really go on Anchor. Because if you go on Anchor, we're there. And, <laughs> <laughs> and on Spotify, if you didn't know, on we're Spotify, also there. We're not there. We out here. We out di- here. We out here is different energy than we there. Mm-hmm. We're also on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. But yes, we yeah. out here. You can you know do all that stuff. And we have merch. Woo. Yeah, we got merch. It's all linked in the bio. Um, We actually are on sale for uh, our... Ronopono and Alif Theory 50% merch. 50% off. Literally 50% off. Uh, we're almost out of everything. I don't know if by the time you listen to this, we'll be out, but go check. It'll be linked down below. Um, hats. We have a good amount of hats. That hats, we, yeah. yeah. Still, still got some hats. hats, hats and, those, and those are hats that were like really, really cute. I'm going to say these hats are probably my favorite round of hats that we've had. True. Yeah. They're pretty good. They're, they're good quality. Oh, yeah. Which actually we had you test them all out. Mm-hmm. And that was your pick. Yeah. The ones that are there now. And they really go with just like everything. Throw me that so, hat. If you're on YouTube one, you can see, ooh, yes, hat model. Ooh, promo, it's on our promo. Instagram. Boom, right there. Um, so yeah, like I said, this is our uh, Ramadan special. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this was um, something different we decided to do uh, this year because I feel like there's a lot of um, a lot of Muslims and non-Muslims that kind of have these questions that are always lingering or not fully answered or they feel scared to ask them and stuff so that's why we opened it up we brought on a scholar who is a friend of ours and mm-hmm. um he's gonna be the guest today um when we introduce him later but um yeah like this i think that we kind of tackle a lot of things that like always are on a lot of people's minds but yeah. they're too afraid to say them yeah so that would sure. be cool and you guys sent in so many questions there's like over 100 right yeah that's like crazy that's awesome that's the most we've ever gotten and like i'm and that really shows that there is a lot of things that people are wondering. So mm-hmm. um, we're going to do our best to address um, all of it in, in, a, in the best 
possible way we know how to. Yes. Um, we ask that you guys keep an open mind while listening to this episode, too, because this was definitely something where we brought questions that people had and kind of threw them at Mufti Saad versus just giving him topics to talk about itself. So yeah. definitely look at it from that perspective and keep an open mind while listening to the whole conversation, kind of see where the conversation is coming from. Yeah. And just so, like, it's clear, like, you know, the things that we're talking about are not regularly uh, addressed in, like, uh, normal lectures and things like that um, every day at yeah. all by any means. I mean, uh, Saad actually used to be um, at our mosque uh, for Ramadan last year, and the things he would talk about are really highlighting the beauty of Islam and like mm-hmm. uh, you know regular topics. It's not. I think that a huge misconception is that like it's everybody uh, when they hear things about Islam is just like you can't do this you can't do that right. you can't. it's not like that at all like no, you no. know we're always talking about um, the, again like I said the beauty and, and, and you know living um, this life out of love and, yeah. and learning from every day mm-hmm. like nobody knows it um, just from the second they're born we're learning about it every single day so yep. there's a lot to it um yeah, and, and uh, while you guys were sending questions, I also got a um, a Venmo payment. What? You got, what do you mean? <laughs> like uh, someone said, follow me on IG. And then they said their IG, Packy King. Wait, wait, hold on. Did somebody <laughs> Venmo you to follow them on Instagram? Yeah. Like they paid you? They paid me. I think it's I think they it's from the uh, the diss track I made, um, the the diss track to the comment section, and. <sighs> They and I was like, I had a line that was like, you know, treat me to lunch. Here's my Venmo, mm. and probably from there. But then I was thinking, you I was put like, put your real Venmo out there. Yeah, like I didn't. Okay, I was just like, I mean, not a bad idea. Good job for us. I mean, I didn't think anything of it. But then, then I was like, okay, so if I got uh, an X amount of money for each follow, I might have to start. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I sent it back to. Her. I was like, listen, it's fine. That's like, a good way. Like, hey, if you can't get somebody's attention. <laughs> She got your no, attention. Please, please do not Venmo me. Please do not Venmo me for a follow. That's not... Post... If you post dope content, like, I follow pretty much everybody that I follow is all art pages. Yeah, I think that's art, true. photography, uh, just creatives in general. Like, I don't follow a lot of my own friends, sorry. Um, but, like, I don't want to see a selfie of you over and over again. Mm. But that's how it be. Anyways... Good job to this girl, though. You're, that, was a, that was a funny move. I... I appreciate it. It got your attention. I, I appreciate it. Hey, do your thing. Did you um, follow her, though? No. I didn't even look it up. Her name's like Satan Spawn or something. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> like, relax. Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Ramadan's around the corner. We need to simmer down. Yeah, we're trying to get the Shaitan locked up. We're not trying to follow him. Oh, no, no, no. So, anyways, let's introduce our guest today. Um, like I said, uh, this is uh, Mufti, uh, who's like a scholar. Um, his name is Saad, and he will be answering... Pretty much every question that like you guys sent in in a condensed, concise form, uh, in an organized fashion. So many controversial topics. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so again, we hope you guys enjoy this. I hope you guys get something out of it. Please give us feedback and uh, subscribe to us. Keep your notifications on for us. Um, and thank you for listening to this. Here is Mufti Saad. So, assalamu alaikum. Welcome we are here with Saad at his masjid that y- yes. you teach at, right? 
Okay, cool. Um, so we are gonna be sitting with you today um, and sort of go over all these questions that people had sent in for you. This is our Ramadan edition of Strange Flavors. We actually got like over a hundred questions. So thank you guys uh, for for sending all those in. They were from Muslims and non-Muslims. So this is pretty exciting. Um, and the way that I did it is we can't ask all of them because uh, that would take way too long. But a lot of you guys had sort of repeating questions and sort of similar ideas. So we organized it in a way that like maybe if one person's question kind of, you know, overall had the same sort of uh, idea, then we're just going to ask that one. Um, and for the questions that were a little bit too uh, graphic, um, we want to like not go in that much detail for every age listener and whatever everybody feels comfortable with. So, Saad, what do you recommend that like if, if they have something that is like, you know, they are actually seriously wondering, but it's a little bit too explicit, what can they do? Well, I would recommend that they visit their local scholars, the local imam, whoever they feel comfortable with mm -hmm. uh, addressing these issues with. They can speak to them. Um, and there are many great competent imams that they can speak to, inshallah, yeah. and, you know, seek their And Yahoo answers. Google always. <laughs> Mufti Google. Just kidding. Um, Mufti Google. <laughs> but also, yeah, we're, we're going to try to keep this um, fun and, and entertain some of these questions, but uh, also be informative at the end of the day. So uh, let's get right into it. Um, and and I want to ask you, first of all, Saad, sort of your background and like what is your approach and, and sort of like philosophy to teaching and, and uh, informing people of Islam? Uh, so I follow my teacher, right? My teacher, his name is Mufti Ibrahim Desai. He's from South Africa. What's a Mufti um, for people that don't know? So a Mufti is a b person who's been uh, given the authority to issue verdicts in the religion, right? Meaning, so basically simplify things for others. So there are many issues which obviously were not uh, there in the time of the Prophet wasallam and the companions, right? Um, so a Mufti is one who derives from the Quran and Hadith and uh, basically simplifies and derives rulings based off of the Quran and Hadith for the uh, issues pertaining to nowadays and the age which we're in today. Yeah, and when my friends and I met you, um, when you came to our mosque, one thing that we really liked about you was that like you do keep it very simple and like to the point and it makes it very easy to understand. And also you're like, you're chill, like you're our age and like <laughs> yeah. you, make it, you make it comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, that's really nice. So that's why I think it's it's nice to have you here on the podcast. I mean, thank you so much for you know inviting me as well. And uh, of course, I, I try my best. Again, this is I've never done this before. So yeah. if I do, obviously, you know, uh, make mistakes or if I sound nervous or something, that's obviously because it's my first time. But uh, hopefully, doing, I'll try my best. <laughs> We're actually in his office. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> so the teachings I follow is by my teacher Mufti Ibrahim Desai. He 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 says that we should teach with love. You know, we should teach with teach with compassion. Otherwise, I mean, if you do teach with compassion and love, you find dividends later on in life. A person becomes attached to that individual and to the religion as opposed to, you know, that specific class or that specific teaching. Right. So, for example, uh, no matter how much you try, you can never force someone to learn something which they don't want to. Right. As opposed to you explaining something to them and you teaching them, uh, you know, through love and, you know, obviously explaining as much as possible. Um, that way it's, you know, they feel connected not only to the religion, but also to that teacher and to that scholar, you know. So that's the, you know, ideology and the method and, you know, who I follow, especially in my teaching. That's you know, beautiful. And everything. Wow. And, love. Yeah. and Amber, you can, you can just read it word for word because okay. that's how people wrote them. So someone said, I need definitions of these ASAP, please. And thank mm -hmm. you. <laughs> Wallahi, astaghfirullah, yalla. 
So wallahi basically means I serve a, I serve I serve a God, you know, I swear on Allah. So yeah. that's that's not a big thing. Very commonly used. Yeah. <laughs> wallah bro. And, yeah. and it's yeah. usually usually it's not used <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Like, it's not used honestly. That's very true, you know. The people just want to emphasize a statement. They just say wallahi, you know. Yeah. Uh, Astaghfirullah. Astaghfirullah means, you know, forgive me or whatever, you know. You can say basically forgive me. No. Forgive me God. Yallah. Yallah is a, just come here. Yeah. Or just like well, come here just basically Hurry. like that. Yeah, just get over here, you know, yeah. something like that, basically, mm. yalla. Yeah. Alright, All right. Um, s- someone asked, can Muslims have boyfriends slash girlfriends or date? What are the rules? Mm. Alright, so, um, see, so Islam is, is a pragmatic religion, right? In a sense that, um, obviously, there are certain guidelines to the religion, right? But at the same time, uh, you know, obviously, Islam considers everyone's feelings, right? Now, so, <clears throat> uh, now, it's not practical to assume that there are things in in the religion which you with you know obviously islam has like, like we mentioned islam has guidelines right but through those guidelines if we do follow those guidelines you know we'll find you know success and in, in that way right and that's just a premise for what i'm trying to get to is that <clears throat> islam does have rulings regarding uh dating and whatnot right so now of course a person who wants to marry another individual you know they should uh take the proper steps and the, the right you know, method of approaching that entire situation. So a person who wants to get married, um, they obviously they can't be intimate and all of that. You know, those of course that's for after marriage. We in Islam we believe that a person should save that for after marriage so that, you know, of course it's you know, basically legal according to the Islamic standpoint. Right. So <clears throat> it's not permissible to you know, fornicate or obviously, you know, do the, inti- you know, obviously be intimate and whatnot. Right. Aside from that, you know, you want to talk within confinements, it's it's permissible. You know, of course, you need to get to know the person before, obviously, you, you decide to marry that individual. You know what I mean? So, so like Minder, Dill Mill, all these apps, <laughs> like, does that, so, I mean, does that be, work? I mean, they uh, obviously, you know, to a certain degree, right? Mm. Now, uh, what I've heard and i could be wrong right <laughs> they're more used as a as a sort of hookup Hook site you know what i mean as opposed to actual mm. you know marriage you know I apps think or some websites. of those are pretty serious right mm. yeah. i mean yeah. it's like, like the dating. new age for mm. shadi.com or something yeah. it's like biodatas but swipeable mm-hmm. yeah no i mean uh, yeah. I've, obviously i've never found but um yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah i mean these are uh, obviously in this day and age you need different ways to connect with different people sure. and obviously america and 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 you know the world being so huge obviously there's so many people um that there is not possible Sorry. there is this one uh this one uh imam we had one time and he was talking yeah. about tinder yeah and he was like uh he was like brothers do you know what your daughters are doing he's like you should actually let them have the tinder but you should have access to the tinder profile <laughs> he's like so so uh you should have the password and you should be talking on the behalf of the uh, the daughters <laughs> on the Tinder. I was like, yeah, I get what you're trying to go after, mm-hmm. but like people would Not freak out. <laughs> um, okay, That's so this catfishing is fishing to a whole new level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so this this is um, we mixed in um, questions that are like more <clears throat> serious and just like kind of from non-Muslims and Muslims. So this one says, were there female prophets, and why do Muslims believe that the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him was the final prophet? So. Prophets, they have a lot of responsibilities, right? Of course, one, the main one being able to interact freely with everyone, you know, men, women, children, everyone, you know. Um, And so, um, whatever the wisdom of Allah was, you know, we don't know, obviously, the wisdom of Allah, but Allah only sent men 
male prophets, right? But that doesn't mean that wo there weren't great women in Islamic history. There were great, great women in the annals of Islamic history, which uh, honestly they're overlooked many a times. They're, they were great women, you know. Of course, we know the common Maryam radiallahu anha, who was the mother of Jesus, Isa alayhi salam, and then you know Aisha radiallahu anha, Khadija radiallahu anha, all of these, so, so many great women uh, who came in the history of Islam. Um, so it wasn't necessary for them to be prophets, for them to do great things. You know, that's the entire premise that you don't have to be a prophet to do great things, right? So subhanAllah, each and every single person, and men or women, you know, they they did their best in their own capacity, you know? Um, <clears throat> so it wasn't necessary uh, for a specific gender, you know, to be, you know, but the, again, the idea behind a male prophet is that uh, I mean, what's apparent to us, obviously, again, the wisdom of Allah is there and we trust the wisdom of Allah. But at the same time, um, Allah sent men as prophets so that they can reach everyone and, you know, navigate speak so, like social environments, probably. Of course, better. exactly. You know, and speak in public much more comfortable mm -hmm. and, you know, different, different things. Sure. Um, not saying that women can't, but it's just at the time, at the time, you know, yeah. different at that time. Obviously, it was much different than how it is now. And, right. you know, whatever the situation was. Um, and, the, and the second part. Was, the Prophet uh, uh, Why do Muslims believe that the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, was the final prophet? Uh, that's just the core part of our faith mm -hmm. that the Prophet Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, he was the last messenger to come uh, on the line of prophets, starting from Prophet Adam salam and continuing on with Prophet Noah, Prophet Moses, Prophet Abraham, all of these prophets, um, you know, to Prophet Isa, Jesus salam uh, and the succession, and the, prophet, the final prophet was Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi Okay. So another person asked, mental health is a popular subject in today's age and mm -hmm. that people are finally starting to speak up a lot more about. Where does Islam, where does it stand in Islam and how do we justify suicide? <clears throat> um, so I know those are two very, yeah, like, yeah, mental I mean, health and then suicide. suicide. Those are two right, different right, right. things, right? I mean, I, that's yes. why I, I threw me off the last yeah. part of the question. They're, but they're excellent with the phrasing of their question. <laughs> yeah. like everything, boom, yeah. to the point. Yeah, so... Um, Obviously, mental health is a serious thing, you know, that's a serious issue which people are battling and um, cannot be denied. And of course, the religion and Islam does definitely, you know, uh, the Prophet ﷺ gave uh, certain remedies for, for different problems, right? So there are certain du'as and certain, uh, you know, uh, you know, adhkar which you can recite, which basically prove, uh, which, you know, help and assist uh, where you're asking Allah to remove your problems, right? But to see the thing is, right, in Islam, again, I mentioned Islam is a pragmatic religion where um, Islam uh, obviously says to turn our focus to Allah Ta'ala, right? But at the end of the day, Islam also says that this dunya, this world is a world of means, right? So now we have our creator, we have Allah, right? We turn to Allah for all of our needs and everything and necessities. But at the same time, we use the means, right? So for example, right, a person, he, he, he or she may think, okay, I... Uh, I need you know money right I need to survive right so I need money right so firstly we say okay you should turn your focus to Allah Ya Allah you help me and assist me with wealth and you provide me with wealth but at the same time it's not that you just sit at home and say okay you know what Allah is going to mm -hmm. send you mm -hmm. know money from the heavens for me or food or whatever maybe no as you have to go out you have to work and you have to go through the means so similarly a person who uh, you know a person has a certain di he's diagnosed or she or she is diagnosed with a certain you know uh, sickness or disease or mental health, some issue, whatever it may be, right? Um, that person, obviously, they, you know, they should turn to Allah and ask Allah for 
help from those problems and difficulties but at the same time that person should consult the the proper you know physicians or whoever made the doctors whoever they need to consult to get help for that specific you know ailment you know so mm. we have both islam like i said it has a balance you know you turn to allah at the same time you take help from those who you need to uh, to get better yeah mm. as for suicide i mean yeah that's a whole different topic of its own you know mm. uh, and inshallah you know uh, there's no i mean obviously we um suicide is a whole different topic and you know but at the end of the day a person should never have to or f- be forced or be put in a situation where they sh- compliment co- uh, you know contemplate suicide you know or mm. where they feel like there's a need that they have to end their life uh, because of so much problems you know uh, you know subhanallah there are so many people out there and anyone who's listening to this you know and and thinking or maybe even uh, one day in their lives they may be thinking you know uh, i'm i'm going through too much or i can't handle this there are always so many people who care about you you know that you know you can speak to them your parents your siblings your family your friends i'm sure any single one of them you can speak to and inshallah they can you know assist you and if one person cannot assist you you can speak to an- another person and if they can't assist you you can continue looking and searching for that person who can help you uh, you know to the extent where you don't feel that you have to uh, end all of your problems at once you know this girl asked I'm a bi Muslim girl what if I fell in love with a girl and wanted to marry her being gay and Muslim is that curable um, so uh, Islam has its laws, right? I mean, there are certain, again, uh, Islam has um, its guidelines, right? So there are certain things in Islam which are prohibited and forbidden. Um, again, so in Islam, there's one concept I want to speak about before we touch on this, right? We have a concept which is uh, hate the sin, not the sinner, right? So we say that a person who who's indulging in a certain sin, right? A person who's uh, drinking alcohol, a person who's doing drugs, whatever it may be, you know? That person, we don't, we never hate the individual, right? That's the rules of Islam. We never hate the individual. We don't like the sin or what they're involved in, right? So that's the premise behind all of this, right? Now, as for the act of homosexuality or whatever it may be, right? Uh, a person may like the opposite gender, but um, again, in Islam, that's prohibited, right? And that's clear cut. The same There's gender. No, yeah, sorry, yeah, the same gender, right? A person may like the same gender, um, uh, and... Um, uh, obviously, I mean, that's prohibited in Islam. So there's no really leeway for that, you know. So if you do like someone from the opposite, gen- uh, from the same gender, um, uh, I guess just, you know, keep it to yourself and, you know, uh, try to work through it. You know, if it's possible, work through it. Uh, again, that's uh, another whole lengthy discussion as well, how you can, you know, you know, uh, overcome you know homosexuality or whatever it may be. But again, this is a touchy subject. But uh, at the end of the day, this is what Islam teaches. You know, mm-hmm. Islam teaches this. Uh, at the same time, Islam also teaches that you know compassion and you know love for each and every single human being. Again, anyone who is indulging in homosexuality, it's not like we don't like them. Again, we have to make that distinction, right? We don't hate or dislike them as an individual. We just don't like that act which they're doing. Right? What about the last yeah. part where she says, um, like, is I've heard this from different people. Is it? Is it curable? Like I've heard that mm-hmm. um, you know different imams will say like you know um, I can cure them of their homosexuality. Like mm-hmm. what does that mean? Is that a real thing? Or like you need to pray more? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes they'll say that like oh you just don't pray enough. Mm-hmm. You need to like look for God for guidance. I mean it's just an, an I mean from uh, what we can see it's an indulgence type thing. It's a sin. I mean for our you know in, in Islam it teaches that you know it's a sin right so. Mm-hmm. All sins, um, obviously, you can stay away from them, and uh, to a, to a degree where 
you don't fall for that sin again. You know what I mean? Like, for example, other sins, you know, I don't want to compare it to different right. other sins, mm-hmm. but each and every single sin is right. different, right? But this particular sin, we would say that um, maybe there is a cure for it. I, I, I can't cure it. You know, I don't know the cure for it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't even know if there is a cure for it. Right. But I'm just saying that uh, the guidelines of Islam are that, you know, homosexuality is a sin. Um, we don't dislike the people who commit the sin. Right. We just dislike the sin itself. And um, for uh, some reason with this one, it feels like it's the one that it's like, you know, you can be Muslim. There's there's people that are Muslim and they drink and there's Muslims that mm-hmm. have that have premarital sex and like the list goes on. But like for some reason, it, it just seems like we look at people that are Muslim and gay as like you can't be those two things. Um, and then like once you're one of those things like you can't uh you can't go back or something so is it i mean it's a you're saying it it is a sin but like is it possible to be those two things and still be Muslim turn and to gay, allah for yeah. guidance mm-hmm. and things like. mm-hmm. so uh again yes i did mention it it's a sin so it's not separate from the religious meaning a person like you said a person can be muslim and being gay does not take that person out of the religion and that's something which we need to understand mm-hmm. many people they feel like a person's gay or a person's whatever maybe and that's it they're done you know we can't be friends or whatever maybe or we can't you know you know they're not muslims anymore you know but that's not the case mm-hmm. a person even though they're gay or whatever maybe they're um that's their personal choices and decisions which they you know obviously have um but again at the end of the day that doesn't remove them from the fold of islam and islam doesn't say okay you know what you're gay and that's it you're gone no islam obviously uh, like again it's a sin uh, and we dislike the sin itself but we don't dislike the person and we don't kick the person out of nor can we kick the person out of the fold of islam we who are we to judge a person mm-hmm. uh, and say he's muslim or non-muslim you know? i had a second part um okay. is like I heard, I don't know if this is true or not, but mm-hmm. I heard a big part why it's a sin is because you're not supposed to have like intercourse um, for leisure purposes. Like it's only supposed to be to reproduce, right? Mm-hmm. Is that like a big part of it or? I mean, so um, obviously and there's... is that true? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously there are certain um, uh, wisdoms maybe, right? Behind a certain ruling, right? So for example, right, alcohol being prohibited there's a reason behind it and the reasons are clear you know a person gets drunk a person does different different things which a person in his normal state of mind would not do right so uh, obviously you know a person won't drive drunk you know so these are just wisdoms okay these are the wisdoms behind not being able to drink right but the prohibition of alcohol is not based on that wisdom you know the prohibition of alcohol is based on the commandment of Allah I hope you know it's not too difficult or not too you know deep but basically the prohibition is from Allah so we believe Allah said this that's it okay. you know what I mean now everything else is just wisdoms behind mm. that that we may understand but at the end of the day is the wisdom of Allah which is complete and pure and of course this is just one thing again um, Islam is a beautiful religion the more you look at it the more you study mm. it the more you learn about the religion you'll just fall in love with it there are certain people who take one aspect of the religion and they focus so much on that one aspect and they don't uh, they don't even try to learn about the rest of the religion or they just they think it's a non-negotiable factor and that's it you know mm. as well, opposed okay. I'm thinking of the girl who asked this question mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. wondering if one of her questions might be well if it is a sin and you know I'm not supposed to indulge in or whatever 
if God made me this way, mm-hmm. then how am I not supposed to partake? It's, I'm supposed to obey God, but God made me this way. Mm-hmm. What would you say to her? So, Allah Taala has God has given us different. Uh, Allah Taala has given us. Um, Allah Himself says in Allah says that Allah inspired us uh, with the righteous path and the wrong path. Meaning Allah told us about both paths. Meaning Allah Taala has given us the choice to decide which path we want to choose. Right. So now we can't blame Allah or God saying that God made me this way. That's why I'm going to do this. That's just you know blaming Allah okay Allah's made me this way that's why I'm you know I am who I am you know as opposed to a person saying that listen this is uh, my choice I choose to take this path I choose to um, you know do what I'm doing you know and yeah of course a person has different desires you know not everyone's the same people have different desires to do different things people some people they love playing video games for hours on end you know another person may see that and think oh wow this person's crazy now that person can say i blame god for making me love video games so much you know what i mean that's your personal choice like that were our cameraman <laughs> yeah so um yeah, yeah i think, so I think we could go choice. on about yeah. this topic for a for long time mm-hmm. and then like even just thinking about the existence of gay churches and stuff I don't even know like where you could take yeah. this topic but for the sake of moving on and getting to the rest of the questions um, uh, this person asked why do women pray behind men <laughs> why do women pray behind men it's just a simple uh, so now uh, per, I mean uh, going back to how Allah created men and women with different desires and whatnot right now a person um, you know Especially how men behave towards women, you know what I mean. Now, uh, especially in this day and age, that's very you know evident. You look at a person and look at a man, especially how women are treated nowadays, you know, as objects and whatnot. Uh, more so, if you were to put a woman in front of you uh, and she would be bowing and prostrating, you would, uh, as a man, you know, most men would be focused on that woman instead of the prayer. You know what I mean. So obviously, one uh, that's a wisdom. These are all wisdoms of. Uh, you know why men pray in front of women right at the end of the day it's just Allah telling us that listen this is how we should pray um, it's it, see the thing is the, we have a misconception here where we think that um, men praying behind women means that they're subjugated or that they're inferior, inferior to men where that that's not, that's not the case you know mm-hmm. uh, in many different other roles women lead you know men and that's perfectly fine, but it's just in prayer, uh, there are certain categories. So now children are in between men and women. Now, w- do you think that children are superior to women or children are inferior to men? It uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't make sense there. It's mm. just a, f- a form of uh, categorization, basically men, then children, then women. That's how it is, you know? Okay. Can a Muslim woman marry a non-Muslim man? The easy, the short answer is no. Right, because many times what happens is uh, a person marries a different uh, someone from a different faith and um, their own faith. See, the thing is, what we need to prioritize is our faith, right? Uh, uh, and you know, it's easy to say that we need to prioritize our faith, but we need to understand how beautiful our faith is, and that should govern our life, basically. You know, so you know, everything we do as Muslims, you know, as Muslims, what we do is follow the commandments of Allah shown to us by the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi peace be upon him, right? So. Uh, whatever he says in the method which he said uh, that's how we try to live our daily life right so at the end of the day um, that's how we should uh, attempt and uh, whatever we do we try to follow in their footsteps and how they uh, you know obviously went ahead in moving forward with those uh, in their lives 
So I'm assuming this is from a non-Muslim, but he asked, what is halal food and why does it have a bad rep with the Sikh community? Um, halal food is basically food or, or animals which have been slaughtered according to Islamic principles, where, which is, uh, and many people, they get scared or they, they or not scared necessarily, but they're apprehensive or they don't know what halal food is. And so they are very confused, you know, as to what halal food is. Halal food is actually uh, a lot more sane, right? So in, in Islam, right, we're, um, we're prohibited from hurting animals unnecessarily. So many, uh, many of these slaughterhouses, I'm talking about non-halal, right, they stun the animals like to the extent where the animals are in severe pain, right? And then they uh, butcher them and whatnot, right? But in Islam, it's prohibited to uh, harm the animal unnecessarily, right? So that's one of uh, the conditions. Another condition is that you should not um, you should not cause pain to meaning basically within that is basically you shouldn't cause pain to the animal before that the slaughtering. Right? So we believe uh, as Muslims that. Uh, we have been created to worship Allah, right? For whatever reason, Allah created us to worship Him, and everything around us has been uh, to facilitate that, right? So now, the the earth, you know, our jobs, everything should revolve around us, you know. Um, obviously, uh, you know, worshiping Allah, right? So now, even the animals. Now, of course, uh, Islam prohibits abuse to animals, right? But at the same time, we believe that animals were created uh, to an extent to help us and feed us. You know what I mean? Um, now that doesn't mean that you abuse the animals or you hurt them before you kill them, right? So that's why uh, going back to halal. Halal is basically uh, um, you try uh, take out all the blood from the animal, right? And I don't want to get too gory or anything, but um, basically you just uh, as much as as humanly as possible, as humanely as possible, you try to uh, you know end the life of the animal quickly so that you can take. Uh, food from or you can eat the animal basically so uh, they slaughter in such a method where all the blood is removed as opposed to the blood remaining and you know uh, and you eating the blood of the animal along with everything else um, and also you're supposed to uh, slaughter the animal quickly so that it's you know the animal doesn't you know isn't pained or you know isn't hurt because of what you're doing you know do you so. know why it has a bad rep with the sea community um no, okay. I don't know. Actually, I have read something on that. Um, that I, I'm totally forgetting what it was, but yeah. mm -hmm. there's something there that like um, mm -hmm. there was a problem. It, I, I think it's the idea of like having food preyed on, but we'll get it checked. And somebody can let us know when you find out. Somebody else research yeah, we'll and let us know. But also, mm -hmm. um, some people might have that question, like halal versus a biha. Yeah, I mean, if you want, I mean, we can go into <laughs> it, but it's just. Basically, um, he asked uh, if you didn't hear that uh, that were behind the camera is asking um, the difference between halal and zabiha. Let's make it a little more fun. Is Chick Fil A halal or not? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah, that's right, a good so. question. Now, now Chick Fil A is is a Christian run uh, com company, and uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess that ties in with kosher, you know, Jewish mm -hmm. rules and and Christian rules. Like, mm -hmm. would that be halal? Would that count as halal? Uh, without going into too much detail, basically there are certain rules. So uh, the people, meaning the Christian food, is halal for us, right? It is it's, meaning it's permissible for us. But if it's done uh, again, if you say the name of God and you know, obviously you take out the blood and all of that, you know. So there are certain conditions. Even if 
a Christian or a Jew, you know, cuts or, or slaughters the animal. And it is permissible if they do do it according to those per, uh, so principles. So you have to check in with the, how they actually do exactly, it? Exactly, exactly. Okay. But generally what happens is they don't, you know, mm. uh, they don't fulfill those criteria because it's just a slaughterhouse where every, all the animals are just on a conveyor belt and they just, you know, straight. Mm. The, a machine is just doing everything basically, mm. you know. And so if that isn't, does that mean that it's haram to eat it? Yeah. yeah. Or so it's not allowed. It's not allowed. So we assume even if it's kosher, we still have to ask. You have to find out the details, basically. Okay. If it's done properly, then then it's a possibility. But if it's not done possible, see, from my knowledge, it was if nothing else is available, you're allowed to eat it. Yeah, but I'm sure. But I mean, like we're in America, you know what I mean? <laughs> we <laughs> have <laughs> options. <laughs> it's never you, it's never reached a point where you, you don't have any options. You know, you you always have Subway, or tuna. You know, you always have something there. You know, there's always some vegetarian option there, especially nowadays when. We have so many vegans, vegetarians. It would, they've made a you know great contribution for our yeah. sake. You know what I mean? They <laughs> helped made our lives easier. My elementary understanding of it is like, uh -huh. okay, if you eat halal, then it's good because it's halal and like yeah. you're eating what you're supposed to because it's like cut with the name of God. But if you're not eating it, you just don't get like reward points from it. That's my elementary understanding of mm -hmm. it. And then the, if you just don't get any points or not get any, like get deducted any points. Mm -hmm. Basically, You're trying hard. <laughs> she, wants trying. Chick -fil -A. she wants Chick Fil A. She wants Chick Fil A for iftar. I think. Not I think. For, to, whoa, 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 not for iftar. <laughs> I think. I think the the simplification of a lot of these questions is intentions, bro. <laughs> Literally, right? Dude, like the intent. Just... The, the intent is that like I want this Chick Fil A. So like I'm trying to like justify. Is that is that an intention? I mean, it's kind of it's sounding like it a little yeah. bit. Like like what can I say or make myself believe to in order to get this? I mean, let's be honest. I do it all the time. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us do it. Um, <laughs> let, let's move on. Okay. What exactly do Muslims believe about the resurrection of Jesus? So we believe that uh, Jesus, he was alayhi salam. So whenever we say Jesus, we believe he was a prophet, right? So mm -hmm. we hold him in high regards and we respect him. And, um, uh, you know, so uh, we never desecrate or we never speak ill of him because we also respect him. We honor, honor him as well, right? Anyways, um, so we believe that he was not killed. We believe that he was not crucified. Uh, rather, he was raised to the heavens, right? And we believe that he will return, inshallah, uh, at a time obviously unknown to us, but known to Allah. He will come back and he will uh, come back as a normal person and he will assist us. Obviously, a normal person meaning he will, uh, you Take know. Take the form of. Uh, meaning uh, one of the followers of our mm. Prophet Muhammad, you know. So he'll come and he'll has help us with whatever we're going through at the time, inshallah. And what a question I think um, many people, or I, I um, hear a lot is, if you guys believe in Jesus, why don't you celebrate Christmas? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Christmas, we never, I mean, see the thing is, uh, us loving a person doesn't necessarily mean we have to celebrate their birth or, or, or their death or whatever it may be right now. Um, Christmas, uh, to the best of my knowledge, as far as I remember, it's not even meaning his date of birth or his birth wasn't even. If you go through the scriptures and everything, it wasn't even in a wintry time or in December or mm -hmm. all of that. You know, when you look yeah, at it, that. you know, it's an, it's at a completely different time and uh, basically it's all commercialized at this point. You know what I mean? People just want to make yeah. money, and that's why we have so many different. You know, uh, obviously, you know, holidays and. Well, it's in succession, in succession one after the other, especially because people want to make money. And you look, I think it's the second or third uh, most commercialized, or even I think the first, I'm, I'm highly mistaken, but um, they make so much money off of Christmas itself, you know? Yeah, my, uh, my uh, Congolese uh, refugee family who's from Africa, they didn't even know 
that like people celebrate Christmas here. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's you know, we didn't know that all of this happened. So I'm sure that there are other places that mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. similarly. Um, another person asked, "Is weed considered haram?" I personally struggle with severe anxiety. The doctor recommended medication to me, but I don't believe in prescription medication. I started smoking weed very often, and it helped with my anxiety a ton. I'm confused about the Islamic perspective. Um, so there's a, there's a good amount of these weed questions. <laughs> <by> the <way>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, we had a discussion with Saad uh, <laughs> about this before as well. Um, but anyways. Um, shout out to Saad, right? <laughs> <laughs> shout out Saad. Uh, but anyways, uh, basically, um, so weed, uh, see anything which intoxicates you, right, is not permissible, right? So anything which, you know, intoxicates a person and changes that, that alters that person's state of mind, that's not permissible, right? So if weed does do that, then it's not permissible. Now, if a person needs or requires weed, right, for recreational or whatever for not yeah, recreational, not, not recreational medicinal, <laughs> medicinal purposes yeah. right if they need it then of course if a doctor prescribes it to them then that's a different scenario you know uh, a person can even two things again we i've mentioned this before islam is a pragmatic religion where islam considers considers people's needs and 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 requirements right and islam does not consider people's desires right because islam considers people's needs so to the extent that if mm-hmm. a person so for example right um if a person is forced or there's there's a certain tablet right or a capsule whatever it may be which has you know which has pork in it you know but that's the only medicine available which can like cure gelatin. that person gelatin or them, something yeah. like that you know if but that's the only thing which can cure that per- individual then by all means he's he's permitted to take that even though pork is not permissible in our religion but because there's a need for that, he can take it, right? Mm-hmm. So similarly, if a person has a, a need to, you know, cons- or you know, smoke weed or whatever it may be, then he can, you know, he can do it. But again, that has to be obviously through the proper channels mm-hmm. and you know, proper doses and all all of that, you know, and prescribed to him by you know a doctor and not just you know, I feel like it's better for me, you know. Da 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 da. What are the rules about touching yourself? No one ever talks about it. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Masturbation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 we got that. <laughs> no, but um, I've uh, also like I know I've I've heard this before too, like the the thing is like why did God give me these organs, these feelings, the ability to do this if mm. it's not for, for pleasure? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, see, look, again, Allah doesn't say, or you know, uh, Islam doesn't say that you can't fulfill your pleasure right mm-hmm. Islam does not say that Islam says that you can fulfill your pleasure but in a specific manner like there's a specific method to all of that you know what I mean so obviously <laughs> <laughs> but anyways obviously it's just funny stuff especially I don't know the demographic but um, but yeah I mean obviously there's yeah, a certain people asking seriously so I respect yeah, that but mm-hmm. yeah basically it's not permitted uh, and um, it's but not they permitted are, it's not permitted yeah okay but uh, obviously there are other ways fulfilling your desires and whatnot you know and obviously you go through the proper channels and it can be permitted leave it at that (laughs) okay um okay i've been struggling to wear the hijab if you don't wear it can you still make it to jannah or heaven also i'd like to know the real purpose of wearing hijab i know it's not just to hide beauty Mm -hmm. okay so let's let's break that down into two questions right the first part of the question was Am I going to um, am I going to, go to heaven if if I don't wear hijab? I don't. See again, a hijab is a certain aspect of the religion. It's not the entire religion, right? 
Hijab is a certain portion or an aspect of the entire deen or entire Islam. It's not the entire Islam, you know. So a person who doesn't practice, who doesn't wear um, the hijab, it's 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 possible that a person can definitely go to heaven, you know. Uh, who are who am I to say that that person who's not wearing a hijab uh, can't go to heaven or that person's uh, you know belief is much greater than mine or their level of their closeness to God is much closer than, or, to, or they're closer to God than than I am. Who am I to say that I'm closer to God just because I'm, you know, wearing a certain outfit or I'm wearing certain clothes or whatever it may be. That person could be very close to God and that person could be doing certain things which I could never, you know, I could never do. But that person, um, you know, I remember, I, I mean, obviously a bit off topic, but person, I remember they used to go to college and they would pray tahajjud salah, meaning they would wake up in the middle of the night and they would pray to Allah in while in college, you know what I mean, a person... Uh, at that time so I mean obviously a person can be close to God uh, and not wear the hijab those are not mutually exclusive meaning obviously it's uh, mm. two different things my understanding is also correct me if I'm wrong but like hijab is um, it is a concept that also exists for men um, where you should try to uh, be modest um, mm. it's not just like a f- not just strictly like a physical yeah. headscarf that mm. women put on yeah, yeah so uh, in the Quran when Allah speaks about a modesty and hijab right Allah actually speaks to the men first I don't know if everyone knows this or that's not interesting. but that's very interesting because Allah says a person Allah speaking to the believers and Allah saying that all of you men should lower your gaze first mm-hmm. and then Allah says they should also the women should also lower their gaze as well mm-hmm. so Allah speaks about the modesty of men and then Allah goes on in detail but Allah speaks about the modesty of men and us uh, controlling ourselves first and then Allah speaks about the modesty of women many times you know as Muslims or men and women we forget that and we think oh hijab is just for women and you know they have to be modest and we can do whatever we want whereas that's not the case we all have our own you know guidelines we also have to follow this person asked if a person is a good person throughout his or her life but does not believe in God will they go to hell what is Islam's view of other religions um, before we go back to the, uh, can did we finish? The well, you, yeah, you did explain. She said, "What is the uh, real purpose of wearing hijab?" I know it's yeah. not just to hide beauty. I think you covered that. Right. Yeah. Sorry, so so gone with the question. It said, "If this person said, if a person is a good person throughout his or her life, but does not believe in God, will they go to hell? What is Islam's view of other religions?" So. Um, <clears throat> that's a tough. That's question. a common atheist yeah. thought, right? Like, yeah. well, I'm a good person, or this person a good person. Are they really going to go to hell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we believe that there are certain guidelines. Uh, again, Islam promotes certain things which you must believe in. You know what I mean? There are certain ideas which you have to believe in. Uh, and a person who is a righteous and a person who is searching for the truth, they'll naturally be led to Islam. Anyone who, you know, without biasness, without uh, with a clean and uh, a clear mind, a person who studies the religions. A person who goes around and you know asks questions and you know obviously seeks the truth, that person will naturally be led to Islam. So many people, anyone who studies the religion, you can continue to you know read and study all the religions. Um, you, you'll find the answer is within Islam. Now the problem is many times we don't know the answer, we don't have the answers, uh, and we think that there isn't an answer, right? So sometimes we don't know the answer, but and we think that there isn't an answer for that specific question, right? So that's that's what leads to a lot of questions and people leaving certain faiths or uh, people not being, uh, you know, invited to the faith, you know. But again, if a person does search for the questions. Uh, search for the answer, sorry, then that person will definitely find it in Islam, inshallah. Um, 
There are a handful. There are a handful of Islamic rulings which simply don't make sense to follow today. As our world is advancing, for example, it's haram for a woman to travel abroad without mahram. Back then, this made sense as violence towards women was high and she was an easy target. But now we see many women travel alone for work, vacation, self-development, etc. This is a personal issue for me. My dream job includes living in other countries. My parents have a hard time grasping this as they believe I'm sinning by living abroad alone. Um... uh, the beginning of the question speci- specifically uh, I wanted to talk about that first where they say where the question she asked that um, there are many concepts or ma- many rulings in Islam which are not applicable today see the thing is Islam was not meant for you know Islam was not only spe- specific for that time of the Prophet peace be upon him where 1500 years ago it was specific to that no Islam is uh, is for each and every single person until the day of judgment. You know, Islam is made easy for every single person. Now, uh, before going to the specifics, uh, a person who searches, and of course, like we mentioned, uh, the job of, of a mufti is to simplify the the rulings so that they can fit into day and day to day life, our day to day life, and uh, and how we can live our day to day life following Allah and the Prophet, peace be upon him. You know. Um, so it's not really accurate to say that Islam there there are rulings which are not applicable. There's always uh, everything in Islam is will always be applicable until the day of judgment, until the end of the world. Meaning uh, everything is applicable. As for um, traveling uh, with the mahram, I mean obviously that's an entire different issue, and uh, there are you know you can speak to a local scholar, but you can travel. You know there are different. There's a difference of opinion, and of course certain times it's not only about um, the parent uh, not allowing it sometimes it's also about the parent just you know not being comfortable with their daughter being alone and being so far away it's also a parent you know parents caring for their you know daughter or son sometimes you know I remember when I was studying in South Africa it'd be very difficult you know even when I was studying in New York I remember my mother would be crying all the time you know so it's not only about you know boys my or girls son. yeah <laughs> yeah I was like you know I was young at the time so obviously you know, my mom was uh, worried, and yeah. uh, so that's the natural parents' reaction. That a person is, you know, traveling abroad and in a whole different country. You know, where you can't just, you know, see them every now and then. It's difficult for that parent to accept, and uh, so there are different factors to all of that. You know, and Islam, you know, thinks about all of those things, and and then issues a ruling that listen, this is what it is, and th- that's how it's yeah. uh, how it should be. At the same time, I mean. Uh, she said that you know nowadays it's safe but is it really safe nowadays you know you look at the world and all no, the I mean, you know so many things are happening and yeah maybe in airports you may be safe but what happens after you leave the airport and and you know especially certain countries you know not certain most countries you know you you're alone yeah this is by the way just not not just yeah. an islamic thing like the every anywhere you ask depending especially on the country you're going to like there are concerns um, yeah. that are, you know, it's not because of Islam. It's because there are real legitimate threats uh, that other people also understand um, when, when traveling. So. And at the end of the day, it's just Islam uh, looking out for you know, Muslims, basically, you know, mm-hmm. trying to uh, keep us protected and safe and all of that. You know, mm-hmm. that, that is just the underlying rule, basically. Um, this is actually uh, something I wanted to talk, to mo- talk about as well. But mm-hmm. uh, someone asked, uh, what do you think about the show Rami? Is it a good image for Muslims? Um, and just for people that don't know, and for yourself as well, I don't think you've seen the show. No, uh, no, I haven't. So this is about Rami Youssef. He's a comedian, a very funny guy. I think you've seen him on Stephen Colbert before. Yeah. Um, 
he um, he has a show that is uh, kind of talks about things that he struggled with um, but but he plays a different character in the show also named Rami and he kind of uh, has this idea that like you know I am a good person and I believe in God but I do these things which includes the premarital sex and uh, smoking weed and things like that um, and so the question I think that they're trying to get at is like um, you know are is this ultimately a, a good thing for Muslims to be in the mainstream media um, or is it ultimately a negative because they are normalizing a lot of, I guess, sinful acts? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Well, um, right. So we mentioned before that a person can be Muslim at the same time they can be sinning, right? So th- those are two different things, right? A person is not uh, removed from the fold of Islam because of a certain sin or whatever it may be, uh, unless they obviously... They, they start, you know, worshipping other gods or something. That's a whole separate issue, right? But person, he's doing a certain sin. That doesn't remove them from, from the fold of Islam. Now, the show, Rami? Rami, yeah. Rami, I mean, I, I haven't seen it, right? But um, it is funny, and I, I, I think it is relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe a lot of people do connect with it, um, mm-hmm. that people are finally, oh, there's finally, like, a, a, like a, a modern Muslim, quote-unquote. Like a realistic right? version of, like, a Muslim mm-hmm. in TV. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, again, there are certain things which are prohibited, and of course, not everyone listens to you know all of the commandments of uh, of the religion. You know, so certain people they won't follow certain you know aspects of the religion, and that's their personal choice. You know, but when you, I guess, when you post it online for every or post it or make videos or you know TV shows out of it, then the problem what happens is everyone thinks it's okay you that's know the I mean? standard maybe yeah that's that's that becomes an issue right but what about from um, the outside in so like um white america black america whoever else non-muslims watching it and being like oh like okay they, so they're like, just like us they're yeah, yeah for lack of a better way to yeah. say it just like us yeah but i mean there's no need for us to assimilate. fit or assimilate sure. you know what okay. i mean there's no Fair. i remember um who was saying many times we say that the, the, the America is a melting pot where well, that's not the case America is not a melting pot because we don't need to blend or we don't need to melt our own identities to fit into everything else you know mm. uh, the better example was America's uh, salad bowl salad right bowl. where yeah. everyone has their own unique personalities and everyone brings that and w- that's what America is you know what I mean mm. so that's how uh, there's no need for us to show off oh you know, I drink just like you, or I do this. You know, that's why I'm an American. That doesn't make any. That doesn't make you an American. You know, mm. so I don't feel the need for yeah. that to be displayed yeah. out there. I think the next couple actually have to do with a similar thing. So mm-hmm. I don't want to like make this super extended, but um, it says, "What do you think of people like Dean Squad or ourselves?" They were talking about us, as in like our Ronald Pono Squad, mm-hmm. um, who use culture and and um, religion to make it. Uh, I guess informative or whatever in a comedic or entertaining way um, and then they also gave these examples of um, uh, Muhammad Ali who was a boxer and promoted Islam uh, to a lot of people there's a girl who is um, a sports illustrated model for the first burkini girl mm-hmm. burkini is a bikini in a form of a burqa mm-hmm. uh, and then they also were talking about Malcolm X uh, being featured in a playboy issue um, it says his autobiography was published in Playboy. So, what if Allah made Playboy exist so that Malcolm X's story could get out and bring <laughs> thousands to Islam? There's a lot of, uh, that it says there, but let's just kind of 
put that all into one thing. And so like using, I guess, uh, forms of media uh, that are not typical uh, to spread Islam or, or a positive image of Islam. And, and there's the range that goes from Dean Squad, who are those singers um, that sing about Islam. But many people say that, you know, they're haram at the end of the day because they're making music. Yeah. All the way to Malcolm X being featured in Playboy, which is a kind of like a pornographic magazine almost. Mm-hmm. See, I mean, uh, first of all, for those uh, Playboy, you know, posting Malcolm X's, you know, speech or whatever, maybe. I mean, that, for obviously, I'm not sure, but that doesn't seem like they're promoting or they no (laughs) but um it doesn't seem like they (laughs) that were definitely (laughs) but um but it doesn't seem like they want to actually promote malcolm x as opposed to them just wanting to promote their brand you know what i mean Uh, like like ride the wave of like oh malcolm x is popular exactly okay exactly and i mean oh we're also you know we want to support malcolm x or whatever Mm -hmm. it is and we want to show how he was you know so let's Mm -hmm. just put up you know Mm-hmm. A, a quote of Malcolm X or, a spe- or you know a portion of his speech and people will listen to that and then they'll open they'll buy the magazine or whatever it is and they'll read into the different other parts of the magazine and they'll buy into it you know so mm-hmm. it's just more of what I th- think you know it's just a form of them um, as a marketing strategy you know mm-hmm. people want to they want more people to buy their magazines you mm-hmm. know? intentions so, intentions intentions, intentions yeah. this person asked why is there so much hate between Sunni and Shia communities there should not be I mean obviously that's so Sunni and Shia are what? right so basically um, I mean sects of Islam different sects of uh, Islam right basically right so Sunnis um, uh, I mean I don't know how how I would describe the difference between them I mean so uh, we all believe in Allah and we all believe in the Prophet right the Shias what they believe in is basically they have a certain certain other Imams that they also hold to an esteemed regard uh, to the status of a prophet, basically, you know. So, based off of that, uh, I don't know why there's so much hate. There should not be that much hate in the world, and especially amongst the Muslim community. Um, there's this one beautiful quote in Urdu, which um, I, I have the Urdu. I just don't want to read it and make fun of myself. But um, basically, the idea is that you know every single Muslim calls the other Muslim, you know, as a non-Muslim, whereas only the non-Muslim looks at all the Muslims and say, oh, you guys are all Muslims, you guys are all the same. Mm. But as within us, we're like, oh, you're not this, you're not that, you're not this specific group that I'm following, you know? Whereas the, the more labels you create, the more difference and the, the more you know disunity there is in our ummah and our, you know, uh, basically collective community, you know? So we, uh, as much as possible, we should try to break those barriers and try to avoid, you know, creating these differences you know what i mean we all believe in pretty much the same things there are just the certain people who obviously they take certain things out of our proportion and they believe in certain other things but for the most part we all believe in the oneness of allah and believe in believe in the prophet uh, and violence of course is never tolerated in islam and we should never resort to that to prove our point you know are, are sushi kids real so can you be sunni real? and shia sushi kids are definitely real. sushi <laughs> <laughs> okay um i'm gonna skip the next one mm-hmm. okay the the medicine one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna skip that one. Okay. Um, if fasts are too long where you live, can you follow the timings of another country or Mecca? I mean, it depends on now how long. You like, know what I mean? You're now? in Iceland and days. Yeah, where is it like? So now if the day, if basically. I was actually in Iceland, end. I think, what, two years ago or something? That it, it was, was Ramadan. 
and it was daylight all day it was like there was like a, an hour that it was the sun was down yeah yeah so yeah. The, in, in that scenario you'd basically follow a, a, a neighboring country or a neighboring um, body of land basically like who, uk or something yeah something like that basically. uk is pretty long too though. it's pretty long there too but it's not as long as you know icelander yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is but um but basically somewhere nearby where it's not as stringent or difficult too fast yeah. is there what the shortest one is is there like a time limit like okay like t- if it's more than 20 hours you should probably mm-hmm. go to the next country or is it like if you're phys- physically capable of yeah being? physically capable okay. that's what it is can i ask the one before or is there a reason you skipped them uh, it's just too specific oh yeah yeah try it i uh, yeah, oh, yeah i, I, I think it. it's cool i study medicine and my exams are during ramadan this year Mm-hmm. One of the exams is a clinical exam, which means that I'll have to carry out procedures, sometimes around intimate areas on men and women. I can't get this rescheduled, so would this break slash have a negative impact on my fast? Right, so we spoke about Islam being um, uh, a religion which considers the needs of people and, and the requirements of people, right? And one thing which we require are, do- are doctors, you know? Um, and a person needs to fulfill these certain procedures or this is oh she's that person's studying medicine or that person yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so there we go so a person has to fulfill these criterias to become a doctor right now um so because of the need of you know we need doctors right now doctors are given certain uh you know a leeway in terms of a person's you know uh looking at a person's body or different parts of their body because of the need you mm. know so there's a need for the doctor to look at a person's body you know unclothed right so that's okay you know for the doctor and that doesn't have an effect on their fast because mm-hmm. that person's uh fast is between him and Allah and he must fulfill those obligations to you know to fulfill that you know doctor or whatever it is basically is getting a skin fade haram <laughs> oh you mean like skin, the hair like, I, yeah, should, yeah, I should yeah, have asked this one <laughs> <laughs> yeah you should avoid that you should well, avoid uh, skin, skin fades and designer beards Why? yeah yeah skin fades I mean so there, there's like um, one specific narration from from the Prophet peace be upon him, where he says that a person shouldn't have different, uh, he shouldn't shave a portion of the, his head and uh, you know keep uh, hair on uh, on the other portion. Now this doesn't mean that 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 specific that refers to a, a skin fade, literally a skin fade. Now a person who has a fade, that's a different story. That's okay, hmm. you know. Like a person has different levels of haircut. That's you ever okay. got a skin fade? Do you know fade? what the reason for that <laughs> yeah, would be? What the skin fade? No, like what the prophet peace be upon him had said about not mm-hmm. having different lengths of hair on your head. Again, we we mentioned before that there are certain um, commandments and rulings. Uh, we just believe in the rulings themselves and the wisdom behind it. We don't really know. You know what I mean? So he yeah. said that don't do this. We just say okay, cool. Can you get like that. designs and stuff or no? <laughs> <laughs> Look pretty funny at that at that point. You know what I mean? um, but yeah, I should avoid it. You know, okay. there's no need for that. Right? Um. How to not be weird when washing your feet in the bathroom at work? <laughs> and do you have to take off your socks? Yeah, so um well, wudu that's, that's socks though. Yes. So now there are certain wudu socks, right? Especially one of my friends, Sharo, his name is he sells it's a company called Burda, right? Um is they have the, Oh wait, you weren't there. Yeah. I think I think I might have at Ikna? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, anyway, so there's a company called Bur- uh, Hassan Shibli. Also, I don't know you can you guys know Hassan Shibli, mm. but anyway, he's a, he's a lawyer and stuff. Mashallah. Anyways, so he was advocating for that as well. Um, but basically, um, there are certain socks which you can make wudu <laughs> on, right? So you can wipe over. Right? There are certain socks. Man, obviously, those socks have to uh, fulfill those requirements. And I don't want to get too into the details and stuff. But yeah, I think it was like a joke question yeah I so, think but uh, you the know what like the yeah. uh, 
desis especially make such a mess when we go to places That's to so make wudu. True. There's uncles that I see that are like throwing water on their yeah. face like a mile all away. Over the ground, and it's all over and they just walk the out. They're like coughing out everywhere, yeah, yeah. like doing their nosy. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nosy. Yeah. No, they became, so they become like the avatar water bending and all of this basically, you know? No, yes. Honestly, it's so sad because I remember one of my, uh, one of my friends who was in the hospital and, um, and uh, there were people going to visit him and he was a scholar so when they would go to visit him they they would destroy the bathroom meaning not oh not, not the bathroom God. meaning like they would go do wudu yeah, they thought they they had to make wudu to visit the scholar whereas that's just making things difficult on yourself you know what i mean you didn't have to do that mm. you know what i mean but because they thought it was a requirement to make wudu mm. to go visit the scholar uh, they you know I mean, they made things very difficult for the the hospital staff so to the extent where the hospital staff complained to the family that listen this is what's happening and obviously the family is going through enough as that's it is embarrassing. and now them having to make Aren't the announcement are you supposed to use like a, like a not a waste small water. amount of water yes. too. Yeah, like, you're not supposed to waste. I seen this dude use like you know a handful, and like, I don't know if you've seen this YouTube video, but yeah. he's very good at it. He uses it <laughs> the whole thing. Like, anyways, yeah, so as much as possible. <laughs> tutorials. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Something that many people fear today that we didn't really have growing up is mass shootings. Do I? St- I think we actually talked about this one time uh, where I was talking about like every time I go to a mosque, whenever we're, mm-hmm. we get to, uh, we have the privilege of getting to travel a good amount for things that we do. And like a lot of when we stop over mosques and stuff like that, I do think about that all the time with like mass shootings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like what would happen if at this place this happened? Like, um, so mm-hmm. they're asking, do I stop praying if something happens? Uh, and do we all go to heaven if we die in a shooting? Should we try to get the gunman? Okay, um, <laughs> so basically, right, obviously this is a serious issue, but yeah. the way they worded it was just kind of funny. But um, now, see, the thing is, if you stop praying, you're allowing the Islamophobe, I mean, you're allowing them to win. You know, you're allowing them to prevent you from praying at, at, at your mosque, you know. So, and alhamdulillah, honestly, like even in our community, we've actually stepped up security. We've actually been hiring like armed guards, you know. Mm. So m- many of the mosques, they are hiring and they are upping their security because of the recent events. And it's very unfortunate that we have to uh, actually be concerned about our safety. Even living in America, we have to be concerned about our safety when you're going to the mosque or when you're going to school or something uh, as simple as that. Like and the one the in mall. New Zealand that happened, that was crazy. Yeah. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. definitely, you know. Um, but it, not only that, but other places, uh, when you're going to church or when you're going to synagogues, uh, places of worship or schools or malls, they should never be... Uh, you should never have to worry about your safety or security in those places. You're, you're, you should never have to worry about your kids' safety or security mm-hmm. in those places as well. So it's very uh, unfortunate, you know, that we have to do that. But um, for the most part, alhamdulillah, our communities are safe. You know, the masjids are safe. And we do have, you know, most mosques, as far as I know. You know, I just saw this article recently, just today, I think. Uh, it's, it's in New York especially. Um, they're you know also improving security. They have armed guards. Again, this past Juma we had armed guards in our in our masjid, which was two days ago uh, yesterday. And then every single night of Tarawih we'll have armed guards. You know, so inshallah, I mean, unfortunately we have to do this, but um, we are you know stepping up security and uh, and a person should and a Muslim should never feel that okay I don't feel safe in my own masjid. You know, at the end of the day, see at the end of the day. Um, a person can, you know, can die in the confinements of their own house, you know, but not through gunshot means or whatever may be. Anyway, a person, wherever death is decreed, that person will die there, then and there. You know, there's mm-hmm. no, you know, a person shouldn't be feared 
or shouldn't be so fearful of death that they don't they leave their day-to-day activities that mm-hmm. they stop going to different places they stop doing those things which make them happy and which you know bring them closer to god uh, just for the sake of certain people or, or something which may or may never happen you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and again the mosques and the different uh, places of worships are you know uh, they are upping their security and they are trying to trying their best to prevent these things from happening and um as community members we should definitely try to to help our communities uh in whichever way we can uh as much as possible uh, and keeping our communities safe so to answer the the last part do you break your prayer and try to get the gunman do you just keep praying or no no break your i mean uh, see the thing is uh, in islam again pragma- pragmatic religion where we believe uh if something's happening if someone's taking something or stealing something from you break your prayer you mm-hmm. can pray again later you know what i mean if you can save one life you know definitely break your prayer mm-hmm. even if you know you see something happening break if if you see a child you know getting hurt stop your prayer you can pray again you know but that mm-hmm. child can get hurt or someone else even i'm not obviously being murdered is a whole different thing but anything minor happening someone stealing your clothes or someone stealing your book bag or someone taking certain things from you stop your prayer you can pray again later and uh, to the extent that sometimes there's an entire scholarly debate whether you should break your prayer and respond to your mom's or your parents call there's an entire mm, meaning uh, th- scholars they say that you should many times you should break your especially if your parent they need you break your prayer and go attend your parent and see what they need meaning mm. even if they're calling you just you know saad come here you know break your prayer go attend to what they need and then come back and finish your prayer i usually like hum huh and my mom knows i'll yeah. hum yeah <laughs> mm. and then she's like okay 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 i know <laughs> yeah so um. but yeah So this person asked, how do you respond to people that say that Islam is a violent religion and Muslims should be kept out of the US? This is obviously very <laughs> extreme. What what are those like uh verses that people talk about when they say like oh like it says hmm. in the Quran that like you should kill that all is, non-Muslims yeah. and this and that like See, the thing is, right? People um uh, what do you say to those people? You say to those people that, you know, go educate yourself you know go learn go study and study with an unbiased mind you know a person who has a certain idea in their mind right we spoke about this before a person has a certain uh, viewpoint you know already they like look for it. they they'll search for that you know what i mean uh again if you look and open any you know, there are so many youtube uh skits where people they go around and they reading from the bible yeah. where they had a cover of the quran on it you know and they say oh this is what the bible says or this, this, this they, is what they the say so the quran says but oh look this is actually a bible you know and people say they're surprised that even the bible has certain verses you know which are you know ambiguous or they sound very scary take right take out of context but yes exactly so when you take some anything any of the when you take anything out of context you know obviously that's dangerous and it can be misinterpreted in many different ways not only the religious text but more so in religious text but anytime you take someone's conversation and you take bits and pieces you know and you formulate your own thought process that's what will be presented to everyone else you know but as opposed to you going out there and you learning uh, again like i mentioned before there is an answer right now we just need to go there and go learn and go study the answer you know uh, we may have certain questions why does islam say this or does islam say this you know so go and find out you know ask your local scholar or ask uh, someone you trust and find the answer you know again the answer is definitely there is just 
we don't know it you know many times we we don't you know go many times we think oh that might be the answer and we leave it at that mm-hmm. you know but a person should go there and educate again i can't emphasize how important education is a person needs to educate themselves and study and learn uh w- again with an unbiased mind and with a uh, with a clear thought process of how i can actually learn and find the truth mm-hmm. and if you do that inshallah you'll find the truth mm-hmm. uh why did the prophet peace be upon him marry a nine-year-old now okay so um see the thing is right we don't refute it right we don't reject that happen right now of course see that the, the thing is at the time right at, at the time of the prophet peace be upon him right uh the people around him they would criticize each and every single thing that he would do they would call him all sorts of names they criticized him they would call him a magician a sooth slayer what all of these things they would call him all of you know they mentioned all of they cursed him in every single form they could right and that they tried right but they never called him a pedophile right because that was the norm at that time you know if that was wrong at that time they would have definitely brought it up you know what i mean and it's not like our books are omitting that you know our books clearly mention everything that they spoke about against our prophet you know it's not like they or our books are rejecting that you know our books have their statements as well where they're claiming that the prophet is this the prophet is that obviously which is untrue but if uh, if at that time you know marrying her was a sin or something you know not, not if if marrying her was something wrong the people around him the non-muslims the those who hated him the most they would have made that a point of contention and they would have uh, brought that up and they would have criticized him based on that but they didn't because at that time uh, it was a whole different yeah. obviously 1500 years ago it was completely different I, than it I, is now i heard that once you have your menstrual cycle that's mm-hmm. when you're considered a woman yes. and apparently that's what happened to her i think yes so uh, in islam so we don't have an aspect of you know when you reach 16 or 18 or you you're an adult now we say that a person once they reach or once the person uh you know they 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 attain maturity that's when they are considered adults in islam right mm-hmm. so now a person anyone who's uh so all the injunctions of islam are on that person once they reach maturity so a person that must start praying a person you know all of these you know injunctions injunctions of islam fall on that person when they reach maturity mm-hmm. you know so going back to that a person uh, we don't deny that the prophet peace be upon him married her you know we don't deny that aisha radhiyallahu anha she was and there are many wisdoms behind why he did marry her you know what i mean um but at the end of the day uh, it did happen and if it was something wrong at that time the his haters would have said something against him at that mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. but they didn't you know what i mean for hundreds of, hundreds of years no one said anything hundreds of years you know no one said anything it's just in the recent past people have brought this up and people have been discussing this yeah. but yeah um okay so this is on the similar subject we're almost done here by the way mm-hmm. um it says how does the whole multiple wives thing work in islam and when is it okay and uh i i censored this next part a little bit but it says what level of physicality are you allowed to have with them if you, you know <laughs> like we are with the multiples oh, okay, okay, okay. at the same time so so at the same time. <laughs> So Islam again gives the t- <laughs> What is he that saying? He the- said try white. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, um so Islam does permit four wives, right? Now, um but many people they look at one aspect of the religion they say, "Oh, that's it. Islam permits four wives and that's it," you know. They don't look at everything else behind that, you know. The prophet or in a, in the Quran Allah speaks about this and Allah says you can marry two, three, four 
but if you feel you cannot do justice to all three all four or all two both of them then you cannot have more than wife one if you feel if if you are unable to maintain justice between the two now if you can maintain justice which is obviously providing them with you know financial st- stability and you know giving them their different homes and all of that if you can fulfill all of these requirements and if you believe that you can maintain justice between between the spouses then it's permissible mm. but the problem is people they say oh i can have four wives it's just i'll just you know hop around and i'll go to whichever house i feel like or i'll just you know the the idea of it sounds you know oh my it sounds awesome you know that oh i have four different wives i have four pe- different people i can be with you know mm-hmm. but it's not that simple you know um the prophet peace be upon him uh he married right but all of his wives all of his wives except for Aisha radhiyallahu anha they were all you know married before they're all widows right so they all had kids from other meaning they had some certain some of his wives they had you know kids from previous marriages and you know uh, his first marriage Khadija radhiyallahu anha uh, he was married you know she, uh, for her uh, to her for about uh, if i'm not mistaken about 15 or uh, about 15 years you know oh, sorry more than 15 years sorry He, from the age of 25 he was married to her so about 20 years he was married to her exclusively and she was 40 when he married her he was 25 she was 40 you know and people they they look at this especially in our days we think how can i marry someone who's older than me you know how can i marry someone who who's financially you know more well off than i am how can i marry someone with kids the prophet peace be upon him he was a virgin at the time he he was less wealthy than khadija radhiyallahu anha and she had kids where obviously he wasn't even married before you know so he married that type of woman you know and he, those are the types of types of women who he would marry and nowadays it's looked down upon where a person he he wants to marry a widow uh, they looked or you know they think how can you marry this this woman she has kids from a previous marriage or how can you marry this person you know so uh, people they think okay we're going to marry for you know uh, for you know young women and we'll live our life comfortably with that they have to be that. in agreement as well right like all yes. the wives have to agree yeah, so, to that yeah so of course all of those things uh, you know fulfilling then of course if you can fulfill their requirements and if you can fulfill their uh, justices then you can have different wives you can have more than one wife you know but again uh, and being intimate with them is separately. it separately separately yeah okay. you can't just you know, <laughs> But yeah, you wouldn't believe it. There's a lot of people asking <laughs> about this. So very curious people out there. They're not married. They're definitely not married. That's why they're asking these questions. Yeah. <laughs> and and I don't know if they're going to be able to pull uh, yeah, no. more than one anyways. Probably. Okay. Uh, okay, this person asked, "How do you motivate yourself to pray when you feel so distanced from your faith in Allah?" See, um like and today we've been talking about uh like we've been challenging very difficult questions and I don't know how it's being portrayed but um many people they may listen to this and think oh that's it you know uh it's very difficult to follow the religion and you know yeah. he's just saying no 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 here and he's just making everything difficult for us whereas Islam is a very you know easy religion and you know it's only difficult for those people who make it difficult on themselves you know so it's Islam is a very easy religion um and um you know of course Allah So, you know there's one hadith right there's one saying of the prophet where he mentions that on when allah taala when allah when god created everything right uh, god wrote on his throne imagine inscribe you know you you know like casey nice he writes his name everywhere right mm-hmm. um, the last person i was expecting <laughs> to <ever go. laughs> no, but, no, but you know how, like he casey writes his name on everything because he feels important he feels whatever maybe he wants to put his name out there right but a person he, they only write their 
names or they only write inscribe on certain uh, things which are valuable if they feel that is important you know so for example you wouldn't put just random things on your phone or you wouldn't uh, just you know inscribe random things on your t-shirt or whatever it may be right so that being said when Allah created everything right Allah um, inscribed and Allah wrote on his throne my mercy overshadows my my anger from then Allah ordained it basically that uh, my mercy overshadows my uh, anger so no matter how much we disappoint Allah no matter how many times we uh, miss our prayers or how many times we uh, you know uh, disobey Allah there's Allah's always there you know Allah's always there and subhanallah honestly you know uh, when you turn and when you look at other people when you look at everyone else that's when you realize how merciful Allah is now I'll explain on that basically a person right a family member right let's say you know, your father right um, you continuously disobey him right one time two times three four five you continue to disobey your parent right or your sibling or your spouse whoever it may be right it comes to a point where they say it's enough that's enough you know you you know we can't continue this you know you can't be uh, you're not a good son or you're not a good friend or you're not a good you know sibling to me because you've been you know continuously disobeying me and we can't continue this, this relationship anymore whereas Allah you know every single time you sin against him you know you sin against Allah and you continue to sin against Allah you know you're sinning for years and years and you continue to sin Allah but one day one night you turn to Allah and you say ya Allah and you sincerely regret all of those bad things which you did Allah wipes out all of those sins for all of those mistakes which you did you know what I mean so now a per one thing is now a person uh, you know you write down something and then you cross it out when you cross it out there's still the sign that something was there right Allah doesn't only just cross out the sin Allah completely wipes it out I mean completely removes that sin in entirety so it does it's not like you know when you, where your book of deeds are opened you see you know you have uh, X marks everywhere or, you know you just have things scribbles, scribbles everywhere. everywhere you know it's just wiped out and it's just replaced with good deeds you know so Allah's so merciful you know and the day you turn back to Allah uh, that's when you'll find contentment, you'll find peace, and you'll find happiness in following the commandments of Allah. You know, the more you, uh, again, the more you study the religion and the more you turn to Allah, the more you'll fall in love with Allah and the religion, inshallah. Um, and I think we can wrap up with this one. I'll let you have the last one. Um, so, a lot of people actually asked a similar sort of a question, um, mm -hmm. which uh, I don't know if it's like just out of curiosity or they're actually concerned, but. Uh, it kind of sums up in like, are you hopeful about the future generations? Um, one person said, the way that Christian kids treat their faith and going to church on Sundays, do you think Muslim kids will be like that in a few generations? And what would cause Muslims to divert from religion and their faith in this day and age? Um, and then there's a question about whitewashed Muslims. But I think overall, people are really wondering, like, do you, with the direction of... Uh, more and more Muslims in in going towards Western ideas and stuff. Are you hopeful? Or are you legitimately concerned about where we're going to be in, say, five ten years? See, the thing More is, right? Generations from now. Yeah. So the thing is, right? Um, again, Islam is not opposed to the Western ideology. Meaning, it's not like uh, we're completely against it and everything is wrong. See, in Islam, actually, the West. <laughs> many times we hear that that person, you know, the West is some evil uh, entity that you cannot, you know, listen to or you can't obey or anything. Whereas it's actually the opposite. You know, in Islam, we're actually told that you must follow the laws of your land. 
this is part of the religion that you must follow the laws of your land so long as it doesn't you know encroach on your religion right so long as it doesn't contradict your religion but you, it's a part of, part of the religion to follow the laws so for example when you cut that red light it's not only you you know breaking the law you're also breaking the laws of islam Whoa. You know, that's crazy, right? It's crazy to think about, but basically, I'd be that's breaking what it is. a lot of Islamic traffic <laughs> laws then. <laughs> but basically, that's what it is, right? So now, um, uh, that's in the West. So, um, Islam is not, uh, you know, it's not, you know, going against the West per se. You know what I mean? So, in my perspective, what I believe, you know, most as Muslims, we all need to be more involved, you know, in the different. Spheres of you know the Western life, you know. So a person, we need more Muslims in different, you know, uh, in different avenues and different, you know, professions. You know, we need more Muslim, you know, police officers. We need more Muslim. I mean, there are enough Muslim doctors and you know enough Muslim engineers, but we need more of different people and different, you know, uh, professions so that we can what show. What about everyone. us? Are we okay in the media yeah, space? You guys are great. Yeah, you guys are great. You know. Um, <laughs> So we always need more people in the different uh, spheres of life and in different professions so that they can, uh, so that we can show everyone else that, listen, although we're Muslim, our Islam doesn't prohibit us from doing these different things. And, okay, I mentioned different things and, you know, halal, haram. But there are so many things as Muslims we can do. Uh, many times people think, okay, if you're a practicing Muslim, you can't have fun. People, they think that you, people, they that think that. That is not that. true. Our, gr- yeah. our friend group, wherever we go, like, <laughs> yeah. we're always having fun without mm-hmm. every, literally everything, everything craziest stuff going on around yeah. us. And people, they think that if you're practicing, you must stay in a certain uh, you must stay in the masjid, you must stay in the corner of the masjid, you must sit there and worship and just read the Quran 24-7 and mm-hmm. you can't go anywhere else. That's not the case, you know what I mean? Islam, again, we said that Allah sent us into this world to worship Him and you know, people might get confused that, okay, you know, only worship Him and all that. There's so much more, you know, uh, Allah made our life so easy and so we can do so much at the same time. Uh, the Prophet, peace be upon him, came into this world to show us, to show us how to live our lives, our daily lives according to how Allah wants at the same time doing the things which we need right so you have to work you have to eat you have to do all of these things right you have to have fun right uh, the prophet even joked as well the sahaba they also joked so many things you know um but at the same time we have to keep those values there you know and i hope people reach till this part of the podcast where they actually hear this part specifically where people they think that a person uh, is just listening to different um uh, pers- or Islam is so strange, uh, it's so difficult, and uh, and it's so hard for me, and I can't do this, I can't do that. Listen, um, you keep trying your best. You know, at the end of the day, you just keep trying, and you know, inshallah, one day will come where uh, you know you'll stop doing certain things, or you know, again, you know, like I said, it's not exclusive. You can't, you can also have fun, and you can be practicing. You know, they're always those two things are not mutually exclusive, or they're not. You know, uh, you know, you you can do one and do the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. And if I can say, like, um, the the most important thing that I gathered from this was the fact that you said that, like, you know, leading by love, and that's what I think that is the reason that we're sitting here today is that, like, you know, uh, it's possible for anybody that watches our content and stuff to exist uh, and 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 enjoy life the way that we do and still sit here. With a, I, I would say a friend and a brother to me, uh, Saad, who I trust a lot and like I look up to, and I and you do because you lead by example. It's such a not non-judgmental way that no matter what is going on with me or whatever type of a Muslim I may be, because you only exemplify uh, in my eyes like what how to do things properly. 
it makes me gravitate towards you because I don't feel, uh, you know, how um, threatened, threatened mm-hmm. like uncomfortable, I'm any any of that stuff. And I think mm-hmm. that the whole thing comes down to leading by love. So mm-hmm. so. Thank you. Thank you for being that. Thank you for four years of Sunday school in one hour. (laughs) (laughs) And these were, by the way, these were like really kind of intense intense questions. questions. And I think you did an amazing job. Like like I said, four years of Sunday school in one hour. (laughs) Uh, Before we hit the last question, are there any last words you would like to say to anybody listening out there? Honestly, um, just... Uh, again knowledge right so educate yourself so certain things you don't know try to find out you know what I mean you you have certain questions don't leave those questions in your mind you ask someone about find out you know what I mean you leave those questions in your mind and those questions they fester and they you know you reach a point where you have uh, you know you have all of these doubts created in your mind because you weren't uh, given a satisfactory answer so find that answer educate yourself uh, and you know Every now and then, you know, speak to your imam, if, especially if you need to, uh, if you want to, find out who your imam is, your local imam, and reach out to them, speak to them, you know, how much you can benefit from them, you know. Uh, I'm sure they're also, you know, very great individuals, cool, awesome, all they're of not. that, you know. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, but I mean, you'll find people, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, if you don't find one, keep looking. Find you, know you a I mean? man like this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, but yeah, inshallah, that's all. That's all I have to say. Just educate yourself, and you know, yeah. uh, remain, you know, and doing what you're doing. I do want to say that before we end, that we asked you these questions. It's not like you were just mm-hmm. preaching on Islam. So even if the people who are listening, we don't want you to take this as a way of okay, this is these are the basis of Islam. These are just questions that you had that were posed, and I'm sure that if we had asked you to talk about certain topics, like mm-hmm. kind of open endedly, like you would be able to speak a lot about a lot of things that we could relate to. Mm-hmm. So I do want to make that a point to the listeners to not feel you know shying away from these certain things mm-hmm. these were questions that we posed that and were thank you asked. for being honest like yeah. with the question that's pretty cool yeah. but there's one last question that we ask at the end of every podcast and shamir will take that away if you could describe yourself as any flavor what flavor would it be and why oh man that's a tough one so think of flavors could you no i should <laughs> <flavors. laughs> anything um it doesn't have to be only ice cream just yeah, whatever anything. type of flavor that you think describes you best and why? Give us a good reason for it. Could even be a food. Anything, like anything. sweet, salty, spicy. Think of all mm-hmm. of them. And what do you? I would. I mean, I don't know if they have my kind of flavor. <laughs> you can make one up. Make one. But you basically, so basically, I mean, I would love to say that there's a balance, right? I would, you know, consider myself a balance between both, right? So now, a balance between, uh, you know fun and religion and all of that you know what i mean so somewhere in between there uh i don't know maybe white chocolate white fudge something like that okay okay <laughs> something like you know like two contradicting or two opposite things you know oh, something yeah. like that that works yeah. all right white chocolate thank you <laughs> <laughs> he's, Bengal- he's, he's bengali so he got that bengali spice in there yeah. too okay. No, okay. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. no um sad thank you again so much no, for doing course, this of course, of course, i love definitely. you bro like I too, uh bro. i think so people will greatly benefit from this and i hope so and i want to hear feedback like what did you guys think about this should we have sad back on for something else um and and thank you all for definitely listening to this so it's been another week another flavor a little less stranger we'll talk to you next time